Welcome to the Restore Church Sermons podcast. We're so glad you joined us here today. We hope that through this message, you are encouraged, challenged, and strengthened. If you want to know more about Jesus, Restore Church, or have any questions, please head to restorechurch.com.au. Thank you very much. And how good with the team again this morning? Like, just... They just keep getting better. Awesome job, guys. Thank you so much. Oh, well, this morning I want to talk on this, love more, judge less. And boy, what a week to pick a topic about not being judgy when you go to the shops. <laughs> wow. I've had to confess so many times this week, and it's all been toilet paper related. <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, I want to talk about this this morning, love more, judge less. And if you want your Bibles there, Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, 1 to 6, that's a text that I'm going to be bouncing off this morning. But here's my thinking in wanting to talk about this. My conviction is, and I may be alone in this, but I think the world would be a much better place if there was a lot more love and a lot less judgment. Anyone else? I think our world, our relationships, our family relationships, our friendships, our social network, our work environments, they too would be a much better world, much better places if there was more love and less judgment. Have you ever judged someone? Put your hand up if you've ever judged someone. I'm judging you right now for judging people. (laughs) On a scale of one to ten, how judgy would you say you are? Don't answer that out loud. It varies for me. On a good day, not at all. I just really don't have the impulse to be judgy. On a bad day, I'm gold meddling from Australia. Anyone else on that? And so I think, what is it? What's the the variable in that? What's what's the thing behind that type of thing? Well, it's it's a couple of things. Sometimes it's I haven't had coffee. That's a big one. Sometimes it's because I'm stressed and I'm anxious and I'm just lashing out at everyone. And sometimes it's because there's something going on in me that I haven't quite put my finger on, and it's just just being projected out onto everybody else. When the birds are singing and the, the universe is great and the planets are aligned and the sky is blue, you know, I'm doing okay. When it's not like that, then, yeah, I tend to get a little bit, a bit judgy. So we've all judged. Have you ever been judged? How did that feel? Not great, is it? You know, the thing about judgment, whether we're dishing it out or whether we're copying it, it always has the same outcome. No one wins. No one wins at all. And the thing I want us to understand about judgment is that judging people doesn't make us better than the people we judge. And being judged doesn't actually make us want to be better people. Have you found that? So judging people doesn't make us actually better than the people we judge. And being judged doesn't actually make us want to be better people. Who's ever been judged into change? And I don't mean just modifying your behaviour to avoid sort of criticism. I mean actual genuine change. No one's judged into change, but I know a lot of people who've been loved into change. A lot of people who've been transformed by grace and love and acceptance, but never judgement. And what I want us to get this morning is this. Judgment doesn't define who someone else is, it reveals who you are. 
right? Judgment doesn't define who someone else is. It reveals who you are. Judging someone says way more about us than it does about the person we are judging. Now, before we get into what Jesus is talking about this morning, looking at this text, I need to clarify something. I need to clarify what I mean when I'm talking about judgment and what I believe Jesus is talking about when he talks about judgment. So there are two types of judgment, really. There's a good one and there's a bad one, and Jesus is talking about the bad one. Jesus isn't saying, don't have an opinion. He's not saying, don't discern between what's good and what's bad. He's saying, don't, he's saying it's not about not making a determination on issues and navigating life well. That is, is what we have to do. He's, saying, don't, he's not saying, don't identify real issues that are problematic. He's not so, saying, go through life, you know, never having an opinion on something and never, or for fear of being labelled judgmental or feeling like um, that you can't say anything if you see something that's bad. Jesus isn't giving us a get-out-of-jail-free card where someone brings something up with us and we turn around and say, stop judging me. Jesus says you're not allowed to judge. No, Jesus is talking about assuming a position over someone that makes us their judge and jury that makes us the person who sits in a place that only God is fit to occupy to pronounce some sort of categorical assessment of them and a sentence over them. That's what I mean by judgment. The judgment we're talking about, and I believe that Jesus is actually addressing, isn't about having an opinion or adopting a position. It's about passing sentence on a person. That's the type of judgment we're talking about. So we're clear on the difference? So I don't want people coming up to me later going, aren't we allowed to? No, no, no. We're allowed to have opinions, we're allowed to discern between right and wrong. What we're not allowed to do is actually sit in a position of passing sentence and judgment upon other people. And so Jesus kicks it off in Matthew 7, chapter 1 by saying this, do not judge. We can go home now. (laughs) Do not judge. It's like, don't bite your fingernails. Don't tap your foot. Don't snack between meals. Stop insert bad habit here. You know what I'm talking about? Has anyone ever been told to stop doing something? And I mean, you can. You can, you can discipline yourself. You can curb your behaviour. That's fine. But the issue doesn't go away usually, does it? And that's because the behavioural change part of things is often only the symptom. It's not really the cause. Often we do things because there's an underlying issue. And whilst, yeah, it's, it's, it's entirely possible for us to, to address the behavioural issues and try and discipline ourselves and stop doing certain things, like judging, when we feel the impulse, that's only a temporary fix because we're not getting to the heart of the issue, the stuff that's really driving it. And it's when we get to that stuff that things can really change. I had professional supervision the other day. You'll be pleased to know I'm now being professionally supervised by an adult, so things should go a whole lot better here now. Um, <laughs> So I have this professional supervision and we started, we started off by talking about how much leave I seem to manage to accrue wherever I go because I'm really bad at taking leave. And then, we, then that conversation changed into my phone discipline. Does anyone else have a discipline problem with their phone? By that I mean you're always on it, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm that bad that sometimes I, I'm actually sitting at home with Heather on the lounge and I've got my phone in my hand. And about every five minutes or so, I'm checking my emails, I'm checking my messages. And so we started talking about, okay, is that how you want to live? No. All right. What are you going to do about that? And I said, well, you know, I could, I could put it down. I could put it in another room. 
And he's like, well, how does that make you feel? And I said, really, really anxious, really anxious. Um, and so then we started talking about, okay, so the behavioural thing is go and put the phone in the other, at a certain time, say 8 o'clock at night, go and put your phone next to your bed, out of the room where you're not going to see it. Yeah, you're feeling anxious, right? What's that anxiety about? So we started having a discussion about that and where this anxiety comes from. Anyway, the bottom line is, and I've got to work through some of this, it's not fear of missing out on anything. I don't think like there's going to be a party going and I'm going to miss out on the invitation or whatever it happens to be, you know. I've always, I'm always got this little niggle in the back of my head that something's going to go wrong and I'm not going to know about it. Weird, isn't it? So I'm just going to get on a couch here and you guys can talk to me about that. Um, <laughs> I'm anxious. I always think something's about to go wrong. And, and it's like, I need to know. Whether I could do something about it or not is almost quite secondary. It's like, I have to know. I don't want to be the guy that didn't know when something went wrong. It's crazy thinking, but I've got to get to the bottom of it. But what I'm, what I'm giving you an example of is how this kind of inner issue is working itself out in this behavioural thing. And so when we talk about do not judge, yeah, okay, we can resist the impulse to do not judge, but if we don't deal with the issue that's driving our propensity to judge then that is actually never going to really change. Judgment of others, that, that critical spirit that rears its ugly head from time to time, that's something that's going on inside us. Some, something somewhere in us needs healing, it needs addressing, it needs looking at. It's not as simple as us going, I'm just going to try to stop doing it anymore. We'll have as much success of just simply stopping as we do of not biting our nails. And Jesus gets to the why bit in a minute. So he says this, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. So this isn't why we judge, but this is what will happen to us if we do judge. You will also be judged. And I love the way the message puts it, actually. Don't pick on people. Don't jump on their failures, criticise their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. Now, if I wasn't a Christian, I'd call that karma, yeah? What goes around comes around. This is essentially what Jesus is saying. You dish this stuff out, it's actually going to come back your way. Now, how does that work? Well, he doesn't actually explain. Who's going to judge us? Is it God? Is God going to judge us? Is it other people? How does this dynamic work? How does this work out in practice? He actually doesn't go into detail. But here's one thing I do know, right? I know this much, that, that critical people rarely keep their thoughts to themselves. Yeah? Yeah? When we're going to judge people, yeah, we do it for our own reasons, for our own whatever it is that we get out of doing it, but isn't it so much more fun to judge people and be critical of them with others? Yeah? Yeah? So people who are judgmental rarely keep their, keep their thoughts to themselves. And what happens then, in the terms of this dynamic, is that the people who are happy to judge other people with you are happy to judge you with other people. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you start to get a bit of a reputation as being a critical, judgmental person. People notice that and they talk to other people who are happy to lend an ear to your griping and you start to get judged in the same way. So Jesus says, judgment of others is an invitation for yourself to be judged. You don't want to be judged? Then don't judge. But he doesn't stop there. He goes on to say, for in the same way that you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure that you used, it will be measured to you. So I need a volunteer for this. Jay can come up here. Okay, great. Now I want you to slap me. But before you do, I want you to know 
that I'm going to slap you back in exactly the same way, exactly the same place and with the same intensity that you slapped me. Yeah? Thank you. I thought he was going to go, you know what, hang it. <laughs> I'll take the punch in the face, it'll be worth it. That's the genius of Jesus at work here, okay? Because what he's saying is, think about it. Think about how often you've judged other people. Think about what you've thought, what you've said about them. Think about how you felt about them. Think about what you've pronounced over them. Think about how you've acted towards them. Now, think about them doing that to you. Think about other people doing that to you. Think about other people treating you the same way, saying those things about you, acting that way towards you. Is that what you want? To which we say, no. Of course not. And this is the genius in it. He's not saying don't have an opinion. He's not saying don't discern between right and wrong. He's not saying don't call out a bad thing when you see it, okay? He's saying don't pronounce this sort of judgment and condemnation over, over people. Treat other people the way you want to be treated when something goes wrong in your life. Because it's not like you aren't going to see this sort of stuff. It's not like people aren't going to make mistakes. It's not like things aren't going to go wrong, right? And that you might need to step into. But he's saying when you see that stuff, deal with it the way you would hope someone would deal with it with you. Treat people the way you want to be treated. I think he said something like that somewhere, didn't he? Like, do unto others as you, do un you, know, as you would have them do unto you. Isn't there a golden rule or something in the Bible like that? Yes. Okay. So do to other people the way, the way you want to be treated. How do you want to be treated most of the time, people? Or how do you want to be treated all of the time? Lovingly, kindly, with understanding, with mercy, with grace. I don't want people to immediately shoot from the hip and go, what a horrible person for doing that thing. I want them to think that maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe there's a mitigating circumstance. Maybe there's a context of the whole thing. Maybe there's another side to the story if I've misbehaved or I've acted inappropriately or badly. Not immediately jump to Adrian's a horrible person because I don't want people to think that way about me. I don't want people to act that way towards me. I don't want people to say that stuff about me. Neither do you. So Jesus says, here's the thing. Remember this. When you're quick to shoot from the hip, and, and label someone and condemn someone, then that's the way you're going to be treated. So next time you see something that's wrong, treat that person the way you want to be treated. Yes? Treat that person the way you want to be treated. Okay. Right, we need to press on. So, Jesus goes on and he says, why do you judge the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? That question is brilliant. Because it's not just don't stop, it's not just your behaviour, it's not just what is going on and what's going to happen to you if you judge. Jesus takes it a step further and he says, why do you even do it? Why do you judge the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? Why do we judge others? Are we bored? Are we angry? Are we jealous? Are we insecure? Are we lonely? Are we bitter? Where does that malevolence come from? It's in here somewhere. And for the most part, these feelings we have about others is often directly connected to the feelings we have about ourselves. This is the way it works. Brene Brown, yes, I'm quoting Brene Brown in a sermon, how woke am I, right? <laughs> Brene Brown says, when I feel good about my parenting, I am less inclined to criticise other people's parenting choices. When I'm feeling good about myself, I don't feel the need to make fun of other people's weight or appearances. 
right? And then she says this. We're hard on each other because we're using each other as a launching pad out of our own perceived deficiency. We're hard on each other because we're using each other as a launching pad out of our own perceived deficiency. I don't feel good about myself in some way. So the easiest way for me to lift myself up is to drag you down so I can stand on top of you. That's what judgment is doing. There's something going on in me. I may know what it is. I may not know what it is. The thing is, I'm not happy at the moment. So for me, in order for me to feel better about myself, I need to pull you down. And then I can stand on top of you and maybe feel better. It was like Jacob's comparison uh, message a couple of weeks ago. You know, I can make my feel, myself feel better pretty quickly by simply looking at someone that I perceive to be doing worse than me in some way. Yeah? If I look down, I mean, if I look that way, I may see someone doing a lot better and feel a lot worse about myself. So I don't look that way. I look that way. And I make myself feel better about myself. And I can feel less like a failure if I begin to tear someone down. I can feel less like a pretender if I start casting aspersions on someone else's ability or their motivations. I can feel less lonely if I can encourage a cohort of people to hate someone else with me. But here's the thing. When we judge someone to make ourselves actually feel better, it works about as well as a sugar hit does for hunger. It peaks for a second, but then we just go back to being hungry again. And it's the same with judgment. You get that little satisfaction hit of ripping someone else down. But then the dust settles and you're exactly where you were before. You're still lonely, you're still bitter, you're still jealous, you're still upset. Whatever it happens to be, it's still there. And I mean, we can get addicted to the sugar hits, can't we? We can get addicted to it and we can keep masking that thing that's going on in us by simply doing this behaviour more and more and more and more and more. Or we can get to the bottom of it and get healing for it ourselves. So Jesus says, why do you judge the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? But pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. Judgment is a sign that there is a problem. Not with them necessarily, although there might be. But it's definitely a sign that there is a problem with you. That there is something going on in you. And I could say it this way. The fact that you notice a speck in someone else's eye is pointing to the fact that you've got a plank problem in your own eye. So if you find your impulse... One of your most natural, easy-to-come-by impulses is to be critical and judgmental and condemning of, of someone. That is a sure sign that there is something not right going on inside you. So again, what is it in you? What is it about you that makes you notice their spec? What is it about you that drives you to pass judgment on them? What is it in you that feels the need to expose and address the faults and flaws in others um, in such an unloving and ungracious way? Why does their spec evoke the type of response that it does from you. And Jesus uses a play on words here. The word um, speck and plank, they're actually from exactly the same word, meaning it's from the same substance. And so if we want to take this a little bit further, it could be that Jesus is in fact saying, the thing that you see in them, that you feel the need to condemn, is the very thing that's in yourself. So if you're looking for clues, it's sometimes the things that tick you off the most about other people that you want to point out, that's a thing that's actually going on 
for you. Wasn't it Shakespeare who said, Methinks thou doth protest too much? We tend to jump up and down about things that are our own issues. We make a lot of noise about stuff that are our own struggles. We need to plough on. You hypocrite. I love how Jesus was always like trying to bring people in, right? <laughs> you hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your, other, from your brother's eye. First remove the plank from your own eye. Jesus doesn't tell us we have no right or responsibility to address things, only that we need to make sure that our own heart is right when we do. This isn't a call, you know, sometimes this, this text is actually misconstrued and misunderstood and that we take it that we have no right to address anything in anyone else until we, have, we are perfect ourselves. That's not what Jesus is saying because that is not possible, is it? None of us are going to attain perfection. None of us are going to get to the point where we haven't got our own issues in life. Jesus isn't actually addressing perfection, right? He's just saying, look, make sure, right, that where it comes from is actually a good place. Deal with the stuff that's going on in you before you presume to deal with other people. Identify that thing that is being triggered in you that is causing you to be so critical. Why? Because it's, all, it's, it's the difference between healing and harming someone. It's the difference between compassion and condemnation. Because hurt people hurt people, yes? Hurt people hurt people. What is the end game here? This is the question we need to ask ourselves whenever we feel the need to point something out to someone or to raise an issue. What is the end game here? Is it to, to help someone be healed? Or is it simply to do some harm so we take a little bit of like pleasure in that and make ourselves feel better? And that's why I asked, how many of us have ever been judged into change? Judgment doesn't open things up for people. It shuts things down down which again is why we come back to the end game if our end game is just to harm then we go in there we say our two cents worth and we leave someone feeling like crap and that's it but we know what it's like to be judged and the dynamic that judgment creates is one where everything shuts down it is not conducive to sharing it is not conducive to honesty we know this don't we and yet, how many of us do it? We do it in our own personal relationships. We do it with our spouses. We do it with our friends. We do it with our kids because, I don't know, maybe we're driven by anxiety sometimes and we just want to get to the point where they stop whatever it is they're doing because we're scared for them, but it actually shuts down real sharing and the real opportunity for real healing and transformation to take place. That's what judgment actually does. It's a huge issue in so many relationships today. So Jesus says, first, you've got to deal with your stuff. Your anxiety, your fear, your loneliness, your bitterness, your insecurity, your jealousy, whatever it happens to be, you've got to deal with that plank in your own eye first before you presume to deal with anyone else's. And I love this next bit. Why? So you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eyes. Again, this is not about us being perfect. This is about us having a better perspective. This is about us being able to see things more clearly. You know, they say we never see things as they are, we see things as we are. That is, we see everything through our own filters, we project all sorts of stuff. We'd love to think that we are just being objective, I'm just being objective. The truth is we are rarely just objective. 
there's always, we're always seeing stuff through the stuff that's going on for us, which is why it's important that we deal with whatever's going on here so we will see clearly to remove the speck from our brother's eyes. So if you're dealing in condemnation rather than compassion, then you need some healing yourself. Remember what I said, judgment doesn't define who someone else is, it reveals who we are. So if we find ourselves seeing something and attributing to that person some sort of malevolence or, you know, some sort of really poor behaviour or motivations or whatever, okay, we're seeing it because of something that's going on in us and telling us that we're the ones that in fact need healing. If you feel good about dropping truth bombs rather than just cultivating trust with someone, then you need some grace. If you take satisfaction more from pointing out wrongs than helping someone, then you might need to experience some of God's unconditional love yourself. Judgment says more about us than it does about the people we are judging. In the Old Testament, it says that mercy triumphs over judgment. And Paul actually says in Romans that it is the kindness of God that leads to repentance. And again, it's not like God is going, oh, you know, none of this stuff matters. It matters. It's all in how he approaches it with us. He doesn't come down on us like a ton of bricks and say, you worthless, horrible people. I know some of us have put a spin on Christianity that does exactly that, right? But he doesn't. He comes to us in love and in grace. And he says to us, I love you and I want what is best for you and I want you to be healed. We're far more responsive to that type of message than we are one where it's just finger pointing and condemnation, yes? Mercy triumphs over judgment. The kindness of God leads to repentance. Judgment never brings about the kind of life that God desires, either in us or in other people. Mercy does. Kindness does. Grace does. Love does. Truth always comes in a kinder package. But for us to demonstrate that, we first, again, have to have experienced it ourselves. It's going back to what I was talking about last week. Some of us walk around treating other people the way we think God treats us, and the way we think God treats us is that he is angry with his scoreboard and constantly disappointed in us. And so then that's what we project onto other people. And as I said last week, the cure for that is simple. We need to, again, bump into the unconditional, relentless love of God and his grace. We need to experience that in our lives. And it's the same cure for, for, for judgment as well. Whenever we find ourselves judging people and we begin to work out what it is that's triggering us, that thing that's making us want to bring other people down to make ourselves feel better, and God starts to put his finger on that, the solution is the same thing. We need healing. We need forgiveness. We need to experience love. We need to experience grace. That's what I'm saying. We need to love more and judge less because we need more love in us before we can show more love. The more love that is in us, the less judgment that is going to come out of us. Are you with me? The more love that is in us, the less judgment that is going to come out of us. So maybe our propensity to judge is pointing to our own paucity of experience with the grace and love and forgiveness of God ourselves. Remember, it's always saying more about us than it is about the other person. Yeah, you're right. They did this thing and it's not right. That's not the right thing to do. That is not the right way to behave. But to take it that step further and bring in the condemnation and stuff like that, that's where this stuff is coming into play. And this is the area where we need healing. This is where God is pointing into our life going, that thing that you're accusing them of, that's going off in you. But the solution is the same thing. You need to experience healing. You need to know forgiveness. You need to know grace. You need to know love. If being judgy is your thing, don't just try and stop it. 
Yes, modify your behaviour. Resist the impulse where you can. We all need to, we need to work on that stuff. But go beyond that. Go beyond that and try and get to the heart of what it is that's making you go so far with it when you do. What is making you into such a judgmental, critical person? Find that thing and get some healing for it. Amen? I'll leave it at that this morning. We're going to take communion now. And, um, and again, this is the perfect place for us to begin to deal with some of that stuff. Everyone is invited to this table. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter what you think, where you're at, because this is a table that is about grace, this is a table that is about love. And through these elements, this, this bread and this wine or grape juice in this case, be, be assured of that, God communicates to us again that our acceptance is based on how he feels about us and what he has done for us, not how well we have performed for him. And this morning, if some of this has triggered some stuff for you or you're feeling convicted or you're feeling like, I think I know what that thing is that keeps driving me to do that, then this morning come to this table of grace and receive that grace and receive that love and receive that forgiveness and ask God to just like soften your heart and to change your heart because he can and he will and he wants to because you will be better for it and you will be a better person for it. And instead of being that judgy person, you could actually turn into that loving person that when people do have stuff they need to deal with, you're the first person that comes to mind because you're the place where they can be open and honest and because they know they will not be shut down through judgment. They will find understanding and compassion and mercy when they come to you. But to be that person, you've got to have it first. And so come to this table this morning and if you need an extra hit of that, then, then get it this morning because it's free, it's always on offer and it's irrespective of whether you think you deserve it or not. We don't, but he gives it to us anyway. Amen? So everyone, please come to the table. We'll get the team up. Thank you very much.